0: I'm sitting in the middle of the school here this morning. Wow. Morning. <laughs> I just actually bring this to, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, what an awesome time of worship this morning. There's nothing worse than when you're going to preach and then you can't remember what you're talking about. Because of worship. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. So good. He is so good, eh? Let's just, just put out our hands, eh, and just <laughs> put our entire focus and attention on Him. Because He is so good. He is so loving, He's so amazing. Holy Spirit, we just love on you. (laughs) Jesus, we thank you for that grace that we have. We thank you for the Father's love that we have. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And you're so good at what you do. So we give you full permission to be you. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Papa. 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 Thank you, (laughs) Papa. Jesus. Mm. I'm not trying to stall. <laughs> it's pretty crazy when you serve a God that lives outside of time. <laughs> wow. Um, Durham, buddy, it's good to see you. I met this guy in Samoa last year, just an amazing man of God. <laughs> you, you carry something amazing, I saw that in Samoa. And uh, just this morning, um, God gave me a word for you. So you should stand, and then we put our hands towards you, because it's, uh, it's the body recognizing who you are, in God, you know, we're one body in Christ, and we want to acknowledge what God has put in you, and agree with you, and let, let it flourish, and, and manifest on the earth, yes. so, so God gets glorified, yes. yeah. So the, the word I got was out of um, Isaiah 61, and he calls you an oak of righteousness, right. he calls you an oak of righteousness, and the Amplified puts it this, oak of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent distinguished and uprightness, justice and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So we bless you with that. We bless you with that in Jesus' name. We bless you with that. you. I, I believe that he's given you the ability to see ruins and to decree over ruins for them to be rebuilt. If you look at the verse straight after that, Scripture in 61 that talks about that. So I reckon you've got this amazing ability to see the ruins, but to see life and construction and to decree those things to be built up and established in people. So I bless you with that. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) He's so good. man, Jesus help my brain. <laughs> this is just such a crazy journey we're on, eh? And God is so good at doing what he does in our lives when we just position ourselves to let him do it, you know? And quite often we don't. Quite often we're kind of like, we see the, the prophecies over our lives and we see the the, um, the promises of God but they seem so distant from our experience because it really requires us to lean in and step into that position in Christ to receive them and um, every promise of God every blessing from God is drawn to who you are in Christ you know and so it's really our position that makes these things become our experience and our reality amen isn't that cool and so really it's just leaning in and enjoying him and abiding in him and listening to what he thinks of us and letting ourselves be built up and framed in Christ. There's a, an awesome story in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10. Excuse me. And um, bear with me. I won't read from the amplified side. (laughs) Now there was a certain man at Caesarea, we'll pronounce something like that, named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius. And fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. Wow. Now dispatch some men to Joppa, send for a man named Simon, who was also called Peter, he is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were his personal attendants, and after he had explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, but he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky open up and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there was in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. A voice came to him, Get up, Peter, eat and kill. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came, called to him a second time, What God has cleansed, No longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what this vision was, uh, what this vision which he had just seen might be. Behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, appeared at the gate. And calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there while Peter was reflecting on the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgiving, for I've sent them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for what you've come? They said Cornelius, and they explained the story to him. We'll carry on from somewhere. verse 23. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. And on the next day, he got up and went away with them. And some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, he entered that place that no one can pronounce. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up saying, stand up too, for I am just a man. And he talked with them. He entered and found many people assembled. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. That is why I've come without even raising any objection when I was sent for. So I asked, What reason have you sent me? Cornelius said four days ago to this hour, and he he shares his vision, Verse 34, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in, ev- in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to a son of Jesus, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, you yourselves know the things which took place throughout all Judea. And, and Peter starts to preach to him about the good news and the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 44, and while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. They had been hearing them speak with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter said, surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Wow. Wow. It's a long passage but what happens just after that is that um, the story spreads to Jerusalem and the believers in Jerusalem aren't too happy with Peter and when he turns up like dude what are you doing you can't hang out with those guys that run clean and he starts to share the story and they rejoice in God we'll get back to that in a minute so God always meets us where we are isn't that awesome God always meets us where we are And Peter was really hungry, so God gave him an encounter with food. (laughs) Just like him, isn't it? So Peter's first reaction was, no way, man, no way. This is not me at all. I I have never done this, never going to do it. But God replies, what I've cleansed, no longer consider unholy. And he doesn't do this just one time. He does this three times. I like the Amplified puts it this way in verse 17. It says, now Peter was inwardly perplexed. Sounds like some sort of fitness device, eh? <laughs> Working on his abs there. And, and, and doubted as to what this vision, which he, has been, which he had seen, could mean. Goes on in verse 19, and while Peter was earnestly revolving this vision in his mind and meditating on it, who's ever done that, like just stuff stirred around in your head? You know, it's, it's consuming, isn't it? The Holy Spirit said to him, Behold... Three men are looking for you. Get up and go below and accompany them without any doubt. This is the Amplified version. Without any doubt about its legality or any discrimination or hesitation for I have sent them. Wow. I like the Amplified. I didn't read from that one to spare you. I love this. You know, this is the guy... This is the guy who was impulsive, you know? We see that in the Gospels, eh? Peter had a problem. He was very impulsive. He was hasty. But we see something amazing happening here in this story. And actually, I would encourage you, eh, just as, like This is a freebie. Like, when you're reading the Bible, don't read, like, chapter to chapter. Read event by event. Read event by event. Don't stop partway through this story because you miss so much, you know? Read event by event. Thanks. So Peter's struggling with this vision and its meaning, you know. But he's really walking it out with the Holy Spirit. He's walking it out with the Holy Spirit. He goes and meets these guys. He hears the story of Cornelius. He invites them in for the night. And then the next day, they leave for um, Caesarea. I had to type that out phonetically. It could be wrong, but I had to check on YouTube how to pronounce that. (laughs) I probably still got it wrong. And then I looked up. I thought, how far away is Joppa from this place called Starting with C? And it was like 48 kilometers to walk. 48 kilometers to walk. So if you look at the story, it was a four-day return journey that these guys undertook. You know, it was a four day process to get there and come back with Peter. So this is a forty eight kilometer walk he's about to engage in. You know, and you know, there's no there's no nice footpaths. You know, it's I don't know what it looks like, desert-y, I guess, and hot. And and the last thing the Holy Spirit says to you, and he said it the night before, was don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't even question its legality. Then this, is guy, this guy was a Jew. Everything was about legality. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit says, don't worry about it. Don't even consider how legal this is. Just go. Wow. <laughs> you have to walk this out with the Holy Spirit. Your head would be a mess. There's a reason why we have to discover the Holy Spirit is a comforter, eh? And it's this, this weird balance of he made the mess in the first place and then he comforts you. <laughs> so they come to Caesarea. They come to the place where Cornelius lives. You should just be impressed I can read. <laughs> He's greeted by Cornelius and by a large group of people that he wasn't expecting. And the first thing that Peter says is, I'm not supposed to be here because you're foreigners, but God told me it's okay because he likes you. (laughs) The Amplified puts it this way, I come without hesitation or objection or misgiving. I like that. Peter has to make this claim, I come without hesitation, objection or misgiving. You know what? I reckon that right here we see Peter as a forerunner of positive declaration. (laughs) Because I don't think he really believed it at this stage. I don't think he believed it. You look at it, he had to justify him being there. So Cornelius shares his story. Peter's listening to the testimony of Cornelius. And then Peter's response goes, I most certainly understand that God is not the one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears God and does what is right is welcome to him. Wow. You see this progressive revelation. And he goes on to preach. And as Peter's preaching about Jesus Christ and, and you know testifying, because he, he did life with Jesus. He saw Jesus die, and then he saw the resurrection of Jesus. And he's testifying to Gentiles. And as he's sharing about the goodness of who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit falls on them and they start speaking in tongues. Wow, you've got to get this. This was way off Peter's map. Way off his map. He was struggling with just being there. Let alone watching the Holy Spirit, His cherished Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of His His loving Father, fall down on these people that He He really considered unclean, because that's what had been framed in Him. You know, these guys are going through a massive shift from an old covenant to a new covenant mindset, you know, and we're still trying to do that sometimes. How awesome is that? How how neat would that have that been while you're preaching? the Holy Spirit fell, people started speaking in tongues. (laughs) Look around in anticipation. (laughs) You know, we can sometimes... I see... um, I see a great journey of a man walking out a new mindset with the Holy Spirit. And... He's positioned himself for teachability. Peter's positioned himself for teachability. You know, you, you look at the story. It's a beautiful story. There's heaps in it. But, but Peter goes from a, a person who was really refusing, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that, to a mental understanding of what God was doing to a point of taking hold of a revelation that framed something new in him. There's a great story there of of transformation taking place. Man. Jesus must have been looking down and think, Peter, you finally got it. (laughs) You know, we can sometimes parrot information and truth, but not have it transform us. We have to let it become an instruction in us and reform something in us. You know? I'm... there's been, you know, several times in my life where I've had reformation moments. You know, the church had a big reformation and it kind of got stuck there. But what, what would happen if we lived the lives of every day a reformation? Every day discovering something new, every day partnering with the Holy Spirit to learn and to be reframed and instructed and have our eyes Adjusted to see as the father sees, so I had several several um, key moments in my life, my journey where where this took place. I remember this was two thousand and seven um, and I was at a conference <laughs> and there was a, a very well known speaker speaking and um it was at the end of the first session it was during his his message he said one word now I didn't listen to the context I didn't listen to the fullness of what he was saying he said one word and straight away it hit a theological nerve in me that I'd been programmed for and straight away I rejected everything he was saying straight away I said this guy's wrong (laughs) and I was talking to my friend afterwards after this first session and I said I don't believe anything this guy said and my friend goes, Well, is that because of the lenses that you're using on your eyes? And that one little phrase was like, Ooh. <laughs> Dang. I've got to do something with that now. Hey, I have to action that. I, that could just fall to one side and I remain in a place of unteachability. Or I lean in and see, What does this actually mean? Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me? And so by the end of the conference, after just letting the Holy Spirit come and reveal to me, the end of the conference I decided, actually I believe absolutely everything that guy had said. (laughs) (laughs) So that was good news for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Man. There's something about holding taking hold of truth, eh, and letting it frame you. There's something about position of teachability where you let the Holy Spirit come. You know, Peter was on a progressive journey to discover the Father's heart. Can you imagine that? He used to belong to an exclusive club. His chosen people. Wow. Exclusive club. You know? <laughs> in the Amplified, <laughs> where, where Peter goes, this is a sideline, where Peter goes um, back back to Jerusalem and they tell him off, <laughs> in the Amplified it puts it like this, the, the, the circumcision party. <laughs> <laughs> So Peter belonged to this exclusive club. And, uh, but yet the father was revealing to him something about his heart, that he was for all of humanity. He was for all humanity. Every, every man, woman, and child, he was, he was calling into relationship with him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that like the story that broke out with Jesus, the Holy Spirit pouring out on the Gentiles and it makes its way back to Jerusalem. Peter finally turns up and they get angry with him. What are you doing? You can't be there. But what I love what takes place in this moment is that Peter, Peter doesn't just repeat a personal vision. He doesn't repeat a personal vision. He shares a story of a testimony. A, testi- a, a, a story of transformation. I'll put it that way. A story of transformation. Transformation in himself. Transformation in a new people group. And, a, and this, trans- this, this testimony of transformation shifts something in the body of Christ in Jerusalem that they praise God and rejoice Wow. This is what positioning ourselves for teachability does. Reformation on a personal, local, regional, international level. You know, we've had significant key moments in the church, you know, things like Toronto. Brownsville and and, and those sort of igniting things that have been key moments in the church for receiving truth but what if we set ourselves up every day to step into a day of reformation what if we decided that this morning God I'm going to walk with you Holy Spirit and I'm going to I'm going to expect you to come and frame something in me today what if every day we had a reformation moment We don't have to wait for the next outpour, the next revival. You have the Holy Spirit. John talks about the fact that, you know, Jesus said that the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. He'll be your teacher, and he'll tell you everything about me. Wow. There's this awesome verse in um, one of the Colossians. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the very end it's, it's Paul signing off a letter when you send an email you go cheers or bless you Paul writes this amazing little statement he goes that the grace of Jesus the love of the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always wow if you ever want to meditate on anything on the Bible meditate on that and say what the heck does that mean what does it look like for me the grace of Jesus, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. We're meant to be walking in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we'll walk refrained. I kind of call this, um a, a message that's a little bit similar to this, and I call it wearing the owl plates in the kingdom. Just wearing the owl plates in the kingdom because I think deciding that you're just going to wear owl plates, learner plates, put you in a position where you're going to walk teachable, where you don't have all the answers. You don't even know all the questions. But you're willing to have God come and instruct you and teach you. Is an awesome um, Psalm 32.8. Ah, knew that one. Um, Psalm 32.8, where God says, I will instruct you and teach you and guide you with mine eye. Wow. What does that look like? (laughs) I was having a a meeting a while ago with someone, and um, this guy had all, he knew everything. He knew everything. So it wasn't Trent that I was meeting with. (laughs) (laughs) Ah oh, you received that wrong. You re- he just walks with our plates so well, you know. <laughs> so I was having a meeting with this guy, and he, he he just, he knew exactly what was wrong with the church. He knew how it should be fixed. You know, you know this, is, this has happened before. And I was thinking about this conversation with this guy, and um, the other week it led me to this thought, the unteachable always have an answer. The unteachable always have an answer, but it's those who position themselves to be teachable become part of the solution. The unteachable will always have an answer, but it's those who position themselves to be teachable become part of the solution. Peter positioned himself to be teachable by the Holy Spirit, as much as it did his hidden, he kept remaining in that place. And it led him to being a catalyst for a shift in thinking that revealed the Father's heart. Wow. See, so God's in the wineskin changing business. You know? My dad has a brewery. <laughs> but he's old school. He uses wineskins. He's in the wineskin changing business so he can fill you with new wine. He's renewing our mindsets daily. See the connection. But it only happens in that place of teachability. It only happens in that place of abiding in Christ and in connection with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. So what would happen today if we decided I'm going to have a reformation? Today I'm going to have a reformation. Now that doesn't mean you're going to have scrambled eggs instead of poached. (laughs) It's discovering more of what the Father sees. I think what's become... Our personal vision statement is to love as he loves and to see as he sees. So I have to be on a journey of reformation, of having something reframed in me, being constructed within me to step into that, to abide in that place. The Holy Spirit, the great comforter, the Holy Spirit, the great teacher, So I want to share this idea that teachability and practice, the practice of teachability looks like communion with the Holy Spirit. It's that simple, I think. Because you're, you're, you're recognizing I'm in a relationship with this Holy Spirit and His purpose on the earth is to be a teacher to me and to reveal the fullness of Jesus to me so that I look like him. I think that's what teachability looks like, communion with the Holy Spirit. Wow. He's so good. Wow, this stand, eh? Papa, wow, it's just Holy Spirit, we just we acknowledge you. Actually, we acknowledge your purpose to teach us. And frame us and reveal to us the fullness of the person of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that is your goal for us before the foundation of the world that we would have our lives ordered by the firstborn. And Holy Spirit, we actually repent of ignoring you, we repent of actually maybe not listening to you or acknowledging you in our lives. But we ask that you would come, show us how to do life with you. Show us how to be more aware of your presence. Show us how to be more aware of this communal relationship we're supposed to be in. Because we really don't know what that looks like. But we trust you because you're brilliant at that. You're brilliant at that. To come, Holy Spirit. Let's just worship him for a moment. Worship the Holy Spirit for a moment. Thank you, Holy Spirit.